I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Hi, Dan. Hey, Christy. So you want to kick us off or? Absolutely. So I am coming into today intrigued because your ask of me was to think through some questions that I could ask you about curiosity. So I myself am curious. <laughs> Why the topic? Why was this top of mind for you to want to talk through together? The short answer is because I think it's a lost skill set and a lost art. I think that people think they're curious and they're not. You know, as you know, in our work, we listen to conversations and we provide film study, right? So as I've been doing that the past couple months, I, I've recognized that the curiosity is just not there. So like if I give you an example, I'll be listening to a conversation between a sales professional and a prospect. That prospect will be talking and that prospect might say something like, yeah, I'm, I'm new at the position here. I just became the CFO or the COO or whatever about six months ago. And then the conversation continues. And then not once will the sales professional either then politely, kindly, appropriately slow the conversation down or after the prospect is done speaking, not once will that sales professional come in and say, Hey, that's interesting. I wasn't aware of that, that this is, you've been there for six months. Can you tell me a little bit more about your background? Can you tell me a little bit more about what from your background do you feel best positions you in this current role today? Can you tell me a little bit about what the biggest surprise has been since you've been there the past six months, right? There's just no curiosity. People just slide glide or just steamroll right through it and right over it. But yet curiosity is one of those core attributes of learning. You know, curiosity creates more learning. More learning means that we're seeking to understand. And, and here's the kicker. When we seek to understand another human being, and this isn't something Dan Lappin's making up. All of you know this. When we seek to understand another human being and there's a genuineness behind it, it actually builds rapport and rapport is an attribute of trust, right? That prospect says, hey, we're outgrowing our current partner. I've heard that many times on these recordings in different industries. And sure enough, though, there's no follow up, which is, hey, can you tell me a little bit more? What's happening? Can you give me some examples? How is that impacting you today? There's none of that. The sales professional is just ripping off to the next question, which is something else. And so I started to think about why is there such a lack of curiosity? And, you know, Christy, it ironically, and I can't make this stuff up, right? It comes down to mindset. And so I started researching it. And, and sure enough, right, Harvard Business Journal 
They had a couple podcasts on curiosity. There was a few articles on curiosity. And sure enough, within the podcast and in the articles, the, the individuals talked about mindset, but they never described the mindset. So I kept doing some research and stuff. And there was some other podcast out there and some articles that also mentioned mindset. But again, no one is saying, well, what particular mindset is it that either will engage or encourage someone to be curious or have them pull back? So question for you. If you were to, to summarize what there truly is to gain by being more curious, how would you, how would you answer that? Why do it? Why should we work so hard on this? Number one, curiosity expands our knowledge, right? It gives us deeper flavor of, of what someone's perception is or someone's experience. Okay. So there's a knowledge factor there. Um, I think the offshoot of that obviously is it helps us learn and grow. So a friend of mine, really good at making pizzas. Right. Yeah. Outdoor <laughs> pizza oven. So I tried it. And the hardest part of making the pizza with one of those ovens, especially if it's one of the smaller ones um, that's portable, they're fantastic, by the way, is is the dough getting sticky. Right. And you're trying to get the the, the dough, the pizza into the oven efficiently. And then you got to like wait 30 to 45 seconds because that oven's hot, five, six hundred, seven hundred degrees. And you got to flip that pizza and you're trying to get that, you know, the large pizza spatula or whatever they would call it back into that oven. You got to be efficient. Otherwise, you're going to burn that pizza quickly. Right. And if that dough is sticking, you're your shit out of luck. You're SOL. Right. And I found that out. So the part of the curiosity piece is that I was just talking to my friend. I'm like, so what do you do with the pizza dough? How do you keep it from getting too sticky? What are some of the secrets that you've learned? You know, what would you put the temperature at? So, right, it's curiosity expands our knowledge. And I think it also then has the ability to change our experiences because we become more knowledgeable about something. Connected to it, though, and this is the big one from a professional standpoint, Curiosity prevents us from becoming obsolete. Mm, our differentiator. Well, think about it, right? Obsolete means that what you do or how you do it may not be working like you think it does or should anymore. And others, what they do to compete with you or what they do that's similar is far better. So like, for instance, if you take a doctor, right? If that doctor, the last time that they updated their process or the last time they updated their technology is from 10 years ago, that doctor, because of their lack of curiosity, could be making themselves completely obsolete, right? A CPA, there's a reason why CPAs have to keep going to continued education classes and, and so forth. I don't know if that's what they call it, but I know there's a big requirement. Why? Because tax code or other codes change. And if you don't keep pace, you become obsolete. Training for athletes, right? How an athlete trained 10 years ago, food, 
right? The stretching, the physicality, how they worked out, how they built muscle, the muscles that they built, the mindset, the visualization or the sensorization all included was different back then than it is now. If you trained like an athlete trained 10 years ago, I mean, you may not be obsolete, but what you're doing is you're requiring yourself to probably train a lot harder just to keep pace with the athletes who are training using today's knowledge and using today's information and techniques. Sales is no different. And this is the challenging part, right? Where there's a lot of folks that we meet with, Christy, and I know you meet with them every day where, yeah, they were really successful 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and they're hanging their hat on that. And when it comes to sales now, they lack curiosity to evolve. They tell themselves a story that they're fine. They tell themselves a story that it's timing or something else might not be correct, but they keep doing what they're doing, right? Definition of insanity, but nothing different happens. They don't really create any new results. So like even in our space, right, it's you could become obsolete very quickly as a coach if you're not keeping up with cognitive science, neuroscience, things like that. So a long answer, I get it. And you could tell my passion, but it, curiosity is part of the whole learning, the growth, the experience process. And it has a direct connotation, truly, in many cases, to the success level that someone obtains. It also has that effect or the correspondence to what that other person stands to gain by you being curious as well. So all those things that you shared and talked through are spot on 100% that there's so much that we can learn, understand, implement, grow, evolve, change over the course of time to continue to stay relevant and perform and not become obsolete, but what it means for the person that we're being curious with. There's so much to gain there as well. When we're curious with another person and we're the one asking the questions through our curiosity, we are potentially allowing them to expand their own thought process. We are helping them do critical thinking that they benefit from. We have no idea, nor can we control what conclusions they come to when they do that critical thinking. But it's our curiosity and our questions and our desire to seek to understand that becomes the pathway, right, for someone rethinking how they do something, right? Rethinking the results that they're creating, and that's a very powerful thought process to gift to somebody. Again, we don't know what the answer is and we can't dictate those answers, good or bad. But what we can do is help shepherd that thought process for them through our curiosity. And building trust all along the way. Yeah. I think what I read somewhere, I just want to share this, was expertise should not be a fixed state of mind. Hmm. Right. Yeah. There are a lot of experts you and I coach, but it should never be a fixed state of mind. Just because you're an expert at one particular moment in time, right, doesn't mean that you should shut down that curiosity 
Because once you start shutting down the curiosity, you're not going to be that same level of expert moving forward. What you're sharing has me thinking, I'm a grandparent to three two-year-olds who are the most curious creatures that I think I've come to experience. The number one vocabulary word as they're building their vocabulary is why and and always seeking to learn the world around them, whatever, whatever it might be. And then you fast forward into adulthood and we, we can all, if we're honest with ourselves, be guilty of not being curious enough and not asking enough questions and losing that authentic, genuine, true curiosity that we had as children, we lose it. It, it, it almost vanishes to some extent if we don't work hard on it. Why do you think that is? There is truth in that. And some of the research I did, um, it's about four to five years old. And, and that's when the curiosity, at least the unabashed beginner's mindset, as someone would call it, right? Which I think is a, a very interesting term and actually a, an appropriate term. That seems to dissipate around four or five. And there was no consensus as of why. But my assumption would be it's because the maturity of the brain from the child standpoint grows and there becomes these societal parameters, right, of right and wrong or good and bad boundaries, things like that. Um, and it may also have something to do with the ego. Again, that's not my expertise. But remember, the ego's number one role is to try to keep us safe. So innately... And here's an interesting connection, right? We tend to lose our curiosity when we become insecure and we experience self-doubt. Because in order to be curious, we have to be intellectually humble. We have to let go of control. We have to let go of safety. And we have to ask questions that we don't know what the answers are going to be at all. And so in order to gain control as human beings, to make ourselves feel safe, what's one of the easiest things to do? Limit our curiosity. It's, it's ironic, right? So, but yeah, you make a really good point. I mean, it's about four or five years old that seems to be the consensus once again age where that curiosity starts to dissipate. When you mentioned earlier, that some of the barriers to our own curiosity also are associated with our mindset as we go into adulthood and we have more pressures on us, we have more responsibilities, the ego kicks in and, and how we want to be perceived or viewed. And I think what I'm hearing you describe as well is that we tend to move from a place of abundance as a young child into a place of scarcity. And we start being fearful of what the answers might be, or to your point, not knowing the answer to the question, how does that make us look? Or we start judging what we hear and we become more critical in nature and we stop listening authentically, which shuts down our curiosity. So I think it's that journey too that you shared of natural abundance as a child and harder to find that abundance when we have all the, the weight of the world on us as an adult. I think you just opened up 
the, the barn door right there, right? Which was fantastic. And that is, as most of our listeners know, we teach first and foremost how to strengthen and evolve your mindset to more of a high performance mindset. It's in my opinion, based on research, observation, self-awareness, all of that, that you, you cannot be curious if you are going to enter an interaction or a situation or a conversation, you cannot be curious if you're scarce, attached, or low intent. And if you break it down, right, low intent is we're focused on what we want. And so if we're focused on what we want, we're only thinking about listening for what we want to hear. And we're only thinking about the questions that we think might lead us to what we want to get. There's no curiosity. There's no openness. None of that exists. If we throw scarcity in there, to your point, Christy, right? If we're scarce, we're like, okay, let's not mess this up. Let's not screw this up. Let's not say something stupid. Let's not ask something stupid. I hope this goes really, really well, right? That's that scarcity mindset, that, that mindset of lack. Well, you're not going to be curious if you're feeling that kind of scarcity mindset, which insecurity and self-doubt. You're not going to relinquish control and safety of yourself in that moment and have a moment of curiosity if you're scarce. No way, Jose. You want to manage, you want safety, you want control when you're scarce. And then obviously attachment, right? Which is you've got an outcome, a result, something in mind that you want to create, experience, or achieve within a conversation, right? You're not going to risk that by being curious because being curious means, again, you got to let go because you have no idea what the other person's response will be. You have no idea what they're going to share, any of it. And so by nature, if we as human beings are typically scarce, low intent and attached, and we are, what does that tell you? That tells you that curiosity is not a true innate strength. We have to actually work at it. We have to switch our mindset. How do you start working on it? How, how do you be intentional and purposeful in increasing authentic, genuine curiosity as a skill set? Where do you start? The first thing you have to do is you have to calm the ego down. And I, I've been there. You know, I've sat in front of other coaches' speeches and spiels, and I've listened to their podcasts and stuff. And it's hard sometimes because my ego will say, hey, what we do is really, really good. What am I going to learn from this person? What I'm really doing is just trying to protect what I believe in, right? And so my ego kicks in and that's the driver that prevents me in some situations from engaging in a more curious manner, listening to another podcast or reading a certain book or talking to another expert in our field, right? So the first thing I do is I got to realize I want to evolve. I want to always work toward my best. I don't want to be in a fixed state when it comes to my expertise. So I have to learn to 
just let the ego go. That's number one. Number two, I got to detach, right? Which is, I may not agree with everything I hear. That's okay. I don't need to. I don't agree. I don't need to agree with any of it. And then I need to be abundant about it too, which is, hey, no matter what I hear, I still get to make the decision. Do I buy into it or do I not? A lot of times in a conversation, Christy, what I'll do, specifically if it's with a client or a prospect, right? And sometimes even talking with you and Pam, I've done this, okay? I'll write down the top of my page, slow down, listen, learn, curiosity, right? And then I might even write repeat because part of being curious means that you really do have to slow down. You have to slow the mind down. And the best way to slow the mind down is to just tell yourself, don't label or what we call right detach from whatever you're hearing and don't label anything that you're hearing good or bad. Stay in the moment, stay curious. That slows our mind down. It's very difficult to be curious when your mind is speeding and looping. It's almost impossible, right? Yeah, your mental energy is being distracted into a different arena at that point. Yeah, self-awareness is key. It is, I wish there was a better answer, but we have to be self-aware, right? If we get the feeling of insecurity, the feeling of self-doubt, the feeling of agitation, that tells us our mindset's off. We're not in the moment. We're guarding something. We're protecting something. Or we feel like we're about to lose something. And that's why those feelings occur. So when you feel the feelings, what you got to remind yourself is, okay, I can only control me. I need to detach from whatever I'm labeling or assigning a value to now. Let me just seek to understand. Let me see where we end up. Let me experiment here. Let me be curious. Let me ask and see if I can learn more. So you, you shared your tricks of writing notes to yourself. I'll, I'll share mine. As goofy as it sounds, I picture myself like Sherlock Holmes with the pipe, the hat, everything in a conversation that when I'm listening and I'm hearing people share something, whether it be in coaching or prospect meetings or client meetings, whatever the case may be, I picture myself as that detective have I heard everything? Is there more to the story? I need to figure out the truth behind everything that they're saying and, and what they're thinking and what their perspective is and and based the reasons for which they're doing what they're doing. And it, goofy as it sounds, it helps. I'm Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> but I also know you, and I know you do that with benevolence behind every aspect of it. You're trying to seek to understand so you can determine, does this other person or their organization, do they need help? And it's not like you're saying, do they need my help? What you're saying is, do they even need help? But again, right, we've, we've talked a lot about a lot today. So there's a couple things too that you can tell that you're not curious and I'll share those with the, the listeners. Number one, you, you listen to talk. And that's pretty common. If you listen to talk, you're not curious. Um, number two, you feel insecure, self-doubt, agitation, frustration, uncertainty, things like that. And if you're feeling that way, you're not going to be curious because when you do feel that way, human instinct is you're going to look to control things more so you can feel safe and secure 
And curiosity requires you to actually let go of control. Two really quick, easy ways for, for people to identify, am I truly curious in this moment or after the conversation, was I curious? And then like a great place to start, um, start with your family, start with your teammates. It's going to seem weird at first because you get into these routines and habits communicating with family and teammates and you have to just kind of slow down again. And when someone says something to you, especially a family member, just remind yourself, all right, hold on. I'm not going to assign a value. I'm not going to judge or label what they just shared or how they just shared it with me. Let me seek to understand. Let me be a little more curious here. I think you're spot on. I think this this skill set pays off in dividends, not only on the business side, but the personal side as well. It's a great practice ground. I know from our work, Christy, that the more curious someone is, the more successful they are in building relationships and we'll say making sales, closing deals. Curiosity is not a straightforward skill set like people think. You ask one question or two questions, it doesn't make you curious. Listening without labeling and judging, listening without worrying about next steps or outcomes, listening and then going deeper with your questions to truly seek to understand whether that particular area of the conversation goes anywhere or not, that's curious. This has been great, Dan. Is there anything else, any any final thoughts that you feel you'd want to share on this topic before we close it out? No, um, I'd love to hear from our listeners and our audience about the topic of curiosity, especially when they think about how they want to initiate it, strengthen it, try to get better at it. Absolutely. All right. This was fun. Absolutely. Always good, Dan. Thanks, Christy. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapham180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180.